What up, Dub Nation, to another episode of the Catching Dubs podcast. We're your hosts, I'm Ethan, and I am joined by my duo, my splash bro, and my co-host, Zach, my guy. Warriors lost four of their last five, the last win coming against the Cavaliers. Um, I don't think this should be worrisome, but do you think the Warriors should panic after five games of, like, slump and just a whole total month of, like, a mess in the offense? No. I mean, no. Uh, I think maybe. I think going 30 and t- I think right now the Warriors sit at 30 and 11. Don't get me wrong. That is a very good record. The second best team in the NBA probably behind the Suns. Um, but these last, these four road losses have been ugly because they lost to a, a Mavs team where they shot the ball horribly and only scored 82 points. Then obviously the loss to the Pelicans were um Steph and Draymond sat and then they came back home won the Cavs game when Clay come back Clay came back then they put there then they played the the Grizzlies Grizzlies don't get me wrong Grizzlies are a very good team John Morant's an all-star he's probably going to be a future MVP candidate he's probably on my list of now my five favorite NBA players but if Draymond was playing in that game the Warriors would have won I'm just going to put that out there. Um, and then they got absolutely slapped around by Bucks. Like, it was like. It wasn't fun. It was like last year. It was like last year all over again. It was like, it was like, it was like 2020, 2020, 2021 peak Warriors basketball right there. It's like playing team level basketball. They were down 77 to 38 at halftime. And, but, but going back to the question. Do I think the Warriors should be worried about the offense? Yes. I think the losing four out of five is a cause and a reason to worry. That's just my, my thoughts on it. With how the yeah. with how with how the Warriors started the year, I think this is a little bit worrisome. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Like I feel like um the offense has shied away from um ball move. I mean, not ball movement, like the whole Steph on ball stuff. Like Steph is just being used as screener. He's just becoming like a JJ Reddick kind of beat player, but like no disrespect to JJ Reddick, but Steph Curry is the greatest shooter of all time. And one of the greatest, like one of the greatest isolation players put the ball in Steph Curry's hand and let him go to work. We've seen what he can do with the ball one-on-one. Like he can cook guys, but somehow we didn't want to let that happen. Um, Especially that Memphis game. Um, I guess Steve Kerr was kind of experimenting a lot. Like we saw 26 different rotations. Um, but what do you think about that whole 26 rotations? Like different lineups. Like I don't even know if Steve Kerr is even taking this seriously. Like he's just experimenting, like seeing what hits, what sticks to the wall. Like what do you think about that? I think it's a good idea to do it now than to do it closer to the postseason to see what he knows works. Um, I think it's, I'm open to it. I don't, I don't have a problem with it at all. Um, it does take, especially in big games, like against contenders, I think it's a little bit, I shy away against doing that, but I mean, 
to figure all of that out now, what, what rotations work the best, I think is the best idea. And I'm, I, I give my props to Steve for doing that, even though I think Steve's been a little bit stubborn with his uh, coaching recent games. That's my thoughts on it. Oh, yeah, especially with that whole game. Gary Payton the second was not guarding John Morant until like what, like three minutes left until the first half, like left in the first half. Like it's just because Gary Payton the second is probably the best defender of John Morant. And that showed in the second half when Gary Payton basically shut down John Morant basically for the whole third quarter. It's just um, Steve's got to got to stick with the rotation that work um, for now, obviously. But yeah, it's okay to experiment, but you got to win games, obviously. But Obviously, as you said, Dre probably wins this. If Dre's there, they probably win this. So it's obviously a tough loss in the first game of the road. So we would think that this would be a bounce back game against I was the right. Bucks. I was right. I was right. Like that. Uh, you were right. Episode, you were right. That they would lose to the Grizzlies, who are the hottest team in the basketball, and they lose to the Bucks, who are getting in their rhythm, who struggled earlier in the year. And it just proved again against the Bucks that Giannis is the best part on the planet, and it's no debate honestly. Um, but I think one thing that has stood out to me in both of these games is Clay being a ball hawk. And I, I, I'm perfectly fine with that if he's trying to get into his rhythm. But there have been some instances where he just gets the ball and he just chucks the shot just to see if it goes in. Um, I'm perfectly right, fine. Let's, I'm remember, per- let's remember I'm 2019. Perfect- yes, I remember that. But I'm perfectly fine with him doing it. But if we have guys like Damian Lee and JTA starting to do it, no, nah, only Clay can do that. Speaking of JTA and Damian Lee. Those guys are unplayable now for some reason. Exactly. I don't know why. Your thoughts. I don't know why. I don't know why. But ever since, I don't know what happened. JTA, I don't know. He was trying to become like Draymond. Like people thought he could be the Draymond role plus the shooting all of a sudden he can't shoot anymore and he makes these dumb turnovers that we all expect for some reason like he's trying to thread the needle that Draymond does but he has to realize that he's not Dre and JTA is just I don't know and JT is getting more run than Jonathan Kaminga and Kaminga has looked great don't you think my guy like Jonathan Kaminga gotta give him more run yeah Jonathan Jonathan Kaminga should start in Chicago tomorrow Night. That's all that. I'm saying. Jonathan Kaminga should get more minutes. He should get all of Chris Jones's minutes. He should get all of JTA's minutes. And he probably should get most of Damian Lee's minutes. I understand putting Damian Lee on the floor because he's a shooter, but I need to see the ball go in the hoop first. And I need to see it go in there consistently. If Clay's not in the rhythm and for some reason Steph's just playing inconsistent as Steph, Steph seems just to be in probably one of the biggest slumps of his career. It seems like I think. Do you statistic- think the rotation? Do you think the minutes is playing a big factor into that? Because we've saw how last season how Steph always loves like heating up at like the last two three minutes of a quarter. When you take out Steph in the, like the last three minutes of a quarter, do you think that rhythm is throwing him off so much? I, I think it's a little bit of that, and I also think. Steph's the superstar who's not like LeBron, who will, who have, where LeBron has yelled or gotten angry with the coaching staff for taking him out at a certain time. Steph does whatever Steve Kerr tells him to do 
sets screens when he should be getting the ball and uh, working the offense. But I mean, I just don't, I think what I liked about last year's rotations and why he got so hot is because he played all the first quarter. Then he came in for the last bit of the second, played all the third and then finished the game. That's how, that's how I think it should be. That's just my opinion on the subject. Oh, and ruining the rhythm. The only person that can stop Steph Curry is probably Steve Kerr. So there was a step. Okay. In, in the Bucks game, first quarter, I think Steph first make was like a three, three minutes left in the, in the first quarter. You know what Steve Kerr does, you know, take him out, sub him in for D Lee, Damian Lee, you know, Milwaukee calls a timeout, make sure like the momentum doesn't swing. Damian Lee, take their shot. You know, it's just that kills the momentum for Steph. And that's why his rhythm has been so off. No disrespect to Damian Lee, but Damian Lee has not been playing great ever since he had that paternal leap. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's a confidence thing, but like he should not get any more run. Like he can't guard, you know, he's on this team because he can shoot, but he can't shoot. He has open looks, but he can't make them. Why? I have no idea, you know? And then you got Bielitska, Belly. He's kind of like a traffic cone out there. No disrespect to him, but Nemanja Bielitska. It seems like he hasn't been good since the first game of the year when he was put on the against the Lakers. Class. Yeah, like, like the it's whole. Just... I want. Yeah. I want to describe. Yeah, I want to. Sorry, but like, I want to say something. No, you go ahead. Okay, there was three possessions in a row. Steph Curry did not even touch the ball once. You know what those outcome of three possessions were? It was a B-Liska missed three. There we go. 0 for 3. You know what happens next? A Milwaukee Buck 8-0 run. That kills the momentum. You're down 8, and now it's 16. Let's go. Like, we got to be better. And obviously, Steve Kerr wants all the role players to become involved, and that's fine. But in situations like these, you got to get the ball to the superstar's hands. Like, switch it up a bit, uh, do pick and roll. You know what was so lethal in the 2019 playoffs that killed Portland, that killed Houston? It was that pick and roll with Stephen Draymond, if you remember that. But it's just like... Exactly. You remember that, right? Yeah, I just think... I get I get Warriors fans. I get why everyone's so pissed off and all that, because last year, everyone got pissed off. And what did the front office do? They made moves and the Warriors were better. But I mean, the Warriors are thirty and eleven. I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about that. It's just they're going the stubbornness. It, it, it's the stubbornness. I perfectly understand that. It's better to de- it's better to have struggles like this at this time in the year than closer to the postseason. It's better to figure out all these rotations and figure out what guys to play, what guys should sit on the bench for the rest of the year. It's better to do that now than to do it at the postseason. That's why I have no problem. With Steve, with Steve Kerr putting out 26 different rotations against Memphis. And actually, if you really think about it, when Draymond comes back, when the Warriors get back home, that would be the first time Clay, Steph, and Draymond have all been playing together because Draymond was only on the floor for fucking five seconds because he was hurt um, and came out of the game. But when the Steph, Clay, and Draymond, and Clay gets out of his minutes restriction, gets a little bit, the trainers get a little bit loose with that. And when they start getting their flow back with each other, the chemistry back, shit, man. I'm just saying, league better be ready. Because like Stephen I'm A. I'm not Smith, worried. I'm not worried like, at all. Like Stephen A. Smith said, the Warriors are going to wreak havoc. 
Oh, you saw that hype video, like the 40 second hype video. That was, that was awesome. Shout out yeah. to who made that. I don't know who you, who it was, but that was an awesome video. But uh, speaking of clay though, um, past couple games against Memphis, against Milwaukee, what do you think of him so far? I mean, to me, I think obviously looks rusty, but I love how he's aggressive. I think he's gotten over the mental hump of driving and taking contact. So Two every games in, every time, every every time he takes to the rack, my anxiety goes up. Um, that's it does. one thing. Uh, but I do think that once his minutes restrictions ease a little bit, I think he'll start to get back to his former self. Don't get me wrong; I don't think he'll ever get back to his former self um, because of his catastrophic leg injuries he's uh, dealt with. But I think he will be. Same Clay Thompson, who will be wide open in the corner when Steph Curry's getting double teamed. That's all. That's all I got to say about that. But um, I think what was I gonna say? I lost my train of thought. But I, I just think, <laughs> I just think Clay. It's just so good to see him back on the floor. And I think when his minutes restrictions loosen a little bit, I think he'll get his feet under him and start hitting some shots playing some big time minutes i mean he did play in some big time crunch time minutes against memphis in those final five minutes so he did get to experience that yeah uh for the memphis game clay had like a wide open three that would have probably tied it or something i think um obviously he's not there yet but he broke it would have yeah he did but i mean i'm not i'm not upset at that i mean i understand warriors fans should understand that Clay's going to be rusty. It's going to take time. And obviously, we're not going to be too worried about that. I want to say I'm not even worried at all about the Warriors. It's just I just hate how Steve Kerr always does this. And now we've had this situation before. It happened last year on Christmas Day against the Bucks, where we got our got our butts handed to us. So um, there's that. Um, I think the whole Clay stuff, it's just excuse all about me. an adjustment period. Go, go ahead. No, it was just an excuse me. I burped. Got to be, gotta be polite. <laughs> What are you drinking that's causing the burps? I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, so the whole clay stuff, it's a whole adjustment period. Like um Wiggins is trying to figure out what like what his role is exactly. now. Like or or Jordan Poole is trying to figure out what his role is now. Um obviously Jordan Poole's six man Wiggins is just trying to find Canada his Dry Ginger Ale. Canada Dry yeah. Ginger Ale. If you want to sponsor me, that's fine. <laughs> is it good? Yeah, it's good. It's good. I do want to ask you, Zach, um, Wiggins, um, do you think it's just going to take time to adjust or reintegrate, like find out where his role is on this team? I think Andrew Wiggins will be perfectly fine. That guy's going to be an all-star this year, and he's going to be even better as a potential third option now once Clay gets back and he finds his rhythm. Um, But I think – with the way Andrew Wiggins has improved. With the way Andrew Wiggins has improved. Um, I kind of want to talk about that. With how Andrew Wiggins is being talked about as being an all-star this year. That is props to Stephen Curry. All I'm gonna say about that. That is why and Steph, that's that's why that Steph that, that is why Steph Curry and Draymond Green are legendary and they're future Hall of Famers. Because they're making the players around them better. Andrew Wiggins was talked about being a bust. Uh player who can't live up to the hype, but overpaid 
etc. A lot of Warriors fans hated the move of Andrew Wiggins coming here because of his awful contract. And when he got to play with Steph Curry and Draymond Green, he got better, he got better, he got better. And now he's potentially an all-star starter in the all-star game this year. Think about that. That is because of Steph Curry's greatness right there. All I'm saying. It's also, to add on to that, it's also the change in culture. Um, exactly. In Minnesota, in Minnesota, I mean, there, there was too many, really there, too many environment. Yeah, and there was so much expectations laid on his shoulder. Yeah. For a team that um, wasn't going anywhere. Yeah, okay, so I'm proud, of, I'm, I'm proud of Wiggins. I'm proud of Wiggs, and I want to see him do better. I well, not do better, but do great. So um, I love where he's at. Um, other news, Warriors fans, uh, James Wiseman. Um, there was news. The reason why people are curious that he hasn't been contact or like in contact practice, practice like five on five is because he had an arthroscopic knee surgery mid-December to help with swelling. So I guess it's just another setback for James. And I'm like, what's next at this point for him? Like, are we even going to see him at all this season? And if you yeah, do, you will. Is he even going to make a difference? Is he even going to make a difference on this team? Uh, Fitz says he's going to make a difference, so I I agree. The propaganda is alive? Yeah, it's a Joe Lake of propaganda. I mean, all you can say, all you can do is really feel bad for the kid because he played only two college games, then NCAA. What's the way of putting this in some nice terms? The NCAA um, violations that he vi- quote unquote violated, which he really didn't violate, but that's fine. But yeah. the NCAA quote unquote fucked him. Shit, I'm gonna I apologize for my language. We're not. I'm not gonna say that anymore. But the NCAA messed messed up a bunch of crap, and Memphis messed up a bunch of crap. James Wiseman only played two games. Didn't play any college games. Played barely any college games, uh, excuse me. Um, and then draft number two overall, gets thrown in the fire, um, gets COVID in training camp, so doesn't get any preseason run. And then when it looks like he's putting everything finally together at the during the later parts of next year, he gets his meniscus injury. I mean, just and then he's rehabbing from the meniscus injury and then has to have this knee surgery done. Then he gets COVID again. All you can do is feel bad for that guy. Honestly, it's just, yeah, I mean, it's it sucks. Been a hard struggle. And I, I, I seriously believe that he has that upside of just being a, just a serviceable starting big who will help the warriors in years to come. Yeah. But obviously will take time because um, bigs in this, when you come in as a big, who's a rookie big, it's going to take time to adjust the defensive stuff and be a threat on the offensive end. So that's going to take time and Warriors fans have to be patient. Just like how they are, have to be patient with clay. So. Exactly. All right. Final question. Oh, we already did that. I'm checking, checking out the planner for the podcast. And we already asked that question. First one in out of babe. Hey, All baby. Right. I'm going to do it up for episode, <laughs> episode number 68, the Catching Nebs podcast. Damn, my mic doesn't smell good. Um, the Warriors are 30 and 11, two games left on the trip in Chicago, then in Minnesota, Andrew Wiggins' re- revenge game. Remember the last Andrew Wiggins' revenge game? He posterized Carl Anthony Towns. Maybe he can do that again in Minnesota. 
Um, and then the Warriors are back at home against some, and they have some winnable games: Indiana, Detroit. Um, so Houston, I'm pretty sure. Um, but make sure you follow us on Instagram at Catching Dubs Pod and on Twitter at Dubs Pod. And keep living life, everyone. Just take life one day at a time. 2022. Let's 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 get it. Yes, sir.